Good morning and greetings in Jesus name. Welcome to Church Talk. On this podcast our desire is that we would equip and encourage and empower church churches and leaders and pastors and elders to build the body of Christ along with Christ as the center and so that we can help one another and grow together as the church that God wants us to be now we discuss strategies we discuss practical helpful tips that can help you fulfill your vision for your church uh, and today specifically i have taken this excerpt from the book uh, by cindy jacobs this is a book by the name of possessing the gates of the enemy now cindy jacobs she leads a ministry called generals international this ministry has been used by the lord to raise up intercession and prayer warriors around the world i've been following cindy jacobs for a while and every time she releases a video or a post or a book it has been of great blessing to me personally and i hope that this particular excerpt this is in fact from her book i hope that each and every one of you who been blessed by this uh, this morning would go and buy this book and make sure to go through the entire book that's one of the best ways we can sow into the woman of god and into the ministry that is being used by god to bless us now this book it's teaching in detail about prayer and intercession and in this particular chapter it is talking specifically about prayer teams in the church or prayer ministry groups how to lead corporate intercession and what other things to keep in mind now this is going to be helpful for you if you are planning to raise a prayer team in your church and if you already have a prayer team this is an audio this is a podcast that you can share with them and this is an amazing book that you can recommend for them to read and and be aligned to amazing principles and protocols this book is read by lisa larson and i hope that uh, this entire uh, morning's podcast will be a blessing to you please make sure to go and buy this book and read it through and through if you've been blessed by what is being shared corporate intercession praying in large numbers this gives added force to intercession that brings great moves of god it means greater assurance of his divine presence in evangelization and revival in his book the struggle of prayer donald bloch describes this scene of agreeing with others in prayer for evangelization Intercessory prayer was said to be the key to the remarkable success of the China Inland Mission, at least in its early years. At a conference held in China in 1886, the few members of the mission agreed that the pressing need was for no fewer than 100 new missionaries. As they discussed this almost impossible challenge, one of them asked, "Is there anything too hard for God?" The whole company then turned to earnest and passionate intercession. As they continued in prayer, the conviction seized them that their prayers would be answered affirmatively. The meeting ended in thanksgiving and praise for the 100 missionaries whom God promised to send. 
That very year, there was a marked increase in the number of those who volunteered for service with the China Inland Mission. And before the year ended, 100 new missionaries were sent out. The question, is there anything too hard for God, is one that rings out in corporate intercession. Indeed, we have God's promise that if two or three agree as touching anything, it will be done by our Father in heaven. See Matthew chapter 18, verse 19. Add to this the assurance from Leviticus chapter 26, verse 8, that five of you shall chase a hundred, and a hundred of you shall put ten thousand to flight, and boldness comes up within your heart and mind to ask without doubting. We are seeing a clarion call to corporate prayer the world over, a crying out to God over the gross sin and wickedness in the nations. Blinders are coming off the eyes of believers who grieve that the world is lost, and they are joining in corporate prayer on behalf of the nations. Second Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14 is the thread running through these prayer meetings. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Across denominational lines, masses of Christians are coming together to pray for their cities and nations, Certain characteristics are common to these times of corporate intercession. Humbling themselves deeply before God. Repenting for individual and corporate sin. Asking God to heal their cities and nations. Engaging in spiritual warfare against the principalities over their geographic regions. Do these groups get results? Consider these examples. A young youth with a mission leader named Jason Hershey was given a vision of putting a tent on the mall in Washington, D.C., near the Capitol, for 24-7 worship. They have been burning in prayer, day and night intercessory worship, off and on since 2012. Many hundreds of worship teams and intercessors have participated on the mall in the tent. At times, they have had to move the tent around. I believe their 24-hour call is helping bring the mercy of God to America. This is not the only time we have seen extended times of prayer affect a geographic region. Several years ago, for instance, we sponsored, along with Christ for the Nation's Bible Institute, what we called 40 Days of Prayer. The catalyst for this season of prayer was a prophecy given to us through Sam Brassfield. It said that God was going to redig the wells of revival in Dallas, Texas, and release a healing movement that would affect hundreds of churches in the area and would also touch the world. We were aware that historically, a great revival in Dallas, known as the Voice of Healing, had been facilitated by Gordon Lindsay, the founder of CFNI. In fact, Christ for the Nations began during that time in order to teach students who had received this revivalist anointing. Healing evangelists, such as Oral Roberts and William Branham, had been part of that move of God. 
thousands were healed around the world. We knew that prophecy is conditional upon obedience, so we called for prayer to cry out to God to release His movement upon our generation. In the end, hundreds were healed and saved as a result of our 40 days of prayer, and churches in the area did experience the miraculous, as well as many other churches around the world, and it continues today. The true reason I mention this now, however, is because what happened to the city in which the prayer room was located? Oak Cliff has been a troubled area, with violence and drug problems. One night, during the 24-7 prayer watch, an intercessor went to a local coffee shop and overheard a conversation between two policemen that went something like this. "'How's it going?' asked one of the officers. The other officer replied, "'Slow, really slow. There just isn't anything happening around here.' "'That is great, great news. Evidently, the powers of darkness were bound for a season by the amount of intercession that went on during those forty days.' How much more could happen if we filled our cities with intercessory prayer every day? The effect of corporate intercession on revival and church growth is marked. This can be seen in churches like the Yoido Full Gospel Church in Seoul, South Korea, pastored by David Yongi Cho. In his book, Prayer, Key to Revival, he states, it is because of prayer that the Yoido Full Gospel Church has been growing so phenomenally. The people in our church pray without ceasing. Every weekend at Prayer Mountain, about 10,000 people gather to intercede in prayer for souls to be brought into the kingdom of God, for our church and for themselves. Prayer is the motivating power to lead this big ship. Mike and I recently visited Prayer Mountain along with Dutch Sheets. One of the highlights was visiting Dr. Cho's personal prayer grotto where he goes to pray every Saturday before he preaches on Sunday. The exciting news out of Korea is that this is not the only prayer mountain where people pray 24 hours a day. Wouldn't it be wonderful if that were the case in other nations? Over the last few years, we in the United States have been improving. There is one built by Robert Summers and his church in Dallas, Texas, near my home. It has a beautiful view of Joe Pool Lake in what is known as the Dallas Hill Country. Others are located around the U.S. It is not difficult to ascertain that God is calling His people to corporate prayer, both in the framework of the local church and in citywide prayer meetings, such as Pray New York, which has prayer walked every local postal zip code for the past few years. Many people may wonder why there has not been another major terrorist attack in that city. I believe it is due to the power of concerted prayer. In the midst of these powerful examples of corporate prayer, there are some practical issues that need to be addressed. In order for corporate prayer to be facilitated effectively, there must be structure and order. A prayer leader is needed to bring this about. Someone has to be the point person to ensure that prayer is not simply a byproduct of city transformation movements. 
Prayer is an essential factor in transformation, rather than something that happens after a city is transformed. The next three sections offer practical guidelines for the following. How to choose a prayer leader. How to write a prayer leader's packet. And how to achieve clear communication between the pastor or organizational leader and the prayer leader. This information will show you how to set up parameters and build safeguards that will help prevent many problems. Choosing a prayer leader. The first thing is knowing which prayer leader to choose. How does a church or organization go about knowing if it has the right leader? It goes without saying that the person should have a deep walk with the Lord and be called to the ministry of intercession. Here are some other questions to consider. 1. Is he or she discreet? 2. How reliable and faithful has he or she proven to be toward the ministry and its ongoing meetings? 3. Does he or she have a servant's heart? What are his or her aspirations in ministry? Does he or she want to lead an intercessory group or build a position or ministry? 4. Does he or she exhibit any need to control? Some prayer groups are emotionally dysfunctional. They develop excessive dependence on the opinions of the prayer leader. Sometimes, the prayer leader is forced into this by false prophecies or threats that the group must behave the way the leader stipulates or God will not be pleased with them. In other cases, the leader treats prayer as a compulsion and causes the people to feel guilty if they do not pray. They do not realize that it is the Holy Spirit's job to convict people to pray. 5. Is he or she teachable? Some display a haughty spirit, although this is not true of most intercessors. 6. Is he or she emotionally whole? The home of the prayer leader needs to be in order. This does not mean that someone cannot lead whose spouse is not born again. Watch for signs of bitterness or anger, especially in conversations about other churches or ministries. Old hurts may bleed into a person's leadership style and affect the way he or she relates to the pastor or ministry leader. 7. Does he or she set aside time daily for prayer and Bible study? 8. Is he or she able to bring correction in a loving, kind way? Does he or she display signs of autocratic, harsh leadership? 9. Does he or she tithe? I believe this is an important aspect, although some groups may consider it to be optional. There are times when a spouse will not let the prayer leader tithe monetarily. They consider his or her time to be the tithe. 10. Does the person have the ability to be a leader whom people want to follow? Prayer Leader's Packet A prayer leader must have clear understanding of and support for the vision of the church or organization. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 2 says, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. Many times, 
A pastor will assign a prayer leader who has no sense of the style of prayer that will meet the needs of the church and no goals for developing the prayer life of the church. Worse yet, the pastor may assume that the person placed in charge of leading intercession will lead just the way the pastor does. This is not always the case. The prayer leader does not need to copy a leadership style, but it is important that he or she agree with the minister in doctrine and ultimate goals. The following is something like a job description. It should be developed by church or ministry leadership to make up the prayer leader's packet. 1. Statement of church doctrine and creed. 2. Commitment form. This is a loyalty oath to the pastor or ministry leadership, as well as the doctrine of the church or organization. 3. Authority statement. This should spell out the prayer leader's boundaries of authority. Is the prayer leader being asked to develop a complete prayer ministry or be in charge of just one group? Is the prayer leader supposed to teach the group, invite guest speakers? How many times a week should they meet? How long should each prayer meeting be? 4. Schedule of meeting times, especially times of consultation with the pastor or ministry leadership. 5. Feedback from the prayer leader. Some organizations may require written feedback of prayer meetings or ask that a prayer journal be kept. Others approach it on a less formal basis. 6. The prayer leader's written testimony and philosophy of prayer. This document should include things such as personal mentors and books that the prayer leader has found helpful in developing a leadership style. The most comprehensive book I know on how to develop prayer in a local church was written by my good friend Cheryl Sachs of Phoenix, Arizona. Cheryl and her husband Hal co-founded Bridge Builders International Ministries and have successfully networked prayer across denominational lines for many years. Her book, The Prayer-Saturated Church, includes many tips on getting individuals to pray and helping churches become houses of prayer. It even includes instructions on how to develop a budget and other practical tips. When choosing a prayer leader, it is wise to put your requirements and expectations in writing. If the prayer leader strays from the agreement you have made together, you can simply pull it out of your files and bring necessary correction. It also protects the prayer leader from misunderstandings. Communication Let me stress the importance of clear communication between the ministry leader and the prayer leader. It is important to go over this in detail since this can be a source of great frustration, particularly for the intercessor. There is an old school of thought among ministry leaders that intercessors are just to pray and let God tell them the needs of the church or ministry without any communication from the leadership. This may be because the ministers fear what the prayer leader may have heard in prayer, or they might fear being vulnerable to someone who may or may not be trustworthy. This is why the prayer leader must be someone the ministry head can trust. I have known instances 
in which the ministry leader and prayer leader try to communicate by subtle words or body language that they expect the other will understand. Indirect communication rarely works. It can cause a dysfunctional relationship. Many times at the end of a meeting, an intercessor will come up to me weeping and say, Cindy, I am hearing a warning from my church and my pastor. What should I do? Intercessors need someone they can talk to about what they are hearing in prayer in order to maintain balance. They should be free to share their concerns for the church in a non-threatening environment without fear of reprisal. On the other hand, the intercessor should not approach the ministry leadership with a finger-pointing, God is saying. What he or she is hearing may need to be adjusted in light of inside information he or she may not know. Regular communication is important with openness and prayer time for both sides. Although it may be difficult to fit this time into busy schedules, it will save endless amounts of frustration and hurt feelings. Many intercessors would never have become Absaloms if they had had better communication with leadership. One day, a wise woman said to me, Commitment comes out of relationship. The principle of this proverb has been practiced by some of the greatest leaders. Look at this description of Alexander the Great. Alexander led one of the charges against the enemy on the plains of Issus, where he was outnumbered as much as six to one. He was wounded on every limb of his body, and his companions, his cavalry, gained courage from his personal valor. After the battle, Alexander visited his wounded warriors. Orion, a Greek chronicler, tells us, looking at their wounds, asking them how they got them, encouraging each to tell about his deeds and even brag of them. Alexander gave special funeral honors to the 25 fallen companions, granted tax remissions to their families, and had their likenesses cast in bronze. Leadership is not a position, but a relationship. As the story of Alexander illustrates, the relationship that inspires followers to great sacrifice is an intimate, caring connection. He was famous for his pre-battle consultations with his officers. There is no doubt that the ministry of intercession requires great sacrifice. Yet many times, intercessors who spend hours in prayer and fasting for the leadership do not feel as though they are part of the ministry team. Romans chapter 13 verse 7 says, Render therefore to all their due, honor to whom honor. Mike and I have held dinners in honor of our local prayer partners. We have a prayer room at the international headquarters where they pray on a regular basis. I am also using conference calls more regularly to keep in touch with our own Reformation Prayer Network leaders. Many leaders of organizations and churches work very hard at honoring their prayer partners. Urbana 90, 
a missions conference at which I coordinated the 24-hour intercessory team, treated their intercessors like royalty. They thanked us repeatedly from the platform and let it be known that they felt the power of intercession. This, in turn, touched the students of the conference, some 20,000 strong. They reached out often to thank us for our prayer because of the patterning from the platform. We do not mind laying down our lives when such gratitude is expressed. And this is the case with many churches and ministries. If the ministry leader will take time to affirm the intercessors personally, it will pay off. We see in the epistles that Paul told his disciples constantly that he was praying for them and showed great love in his salutations. Peter Wagner had a unique way of thanking his personal prayer partners. He kept a picture of us in his Bible. Each morning in his private devotions, he looked at our faces and prayed for each of us personally. What a special way to give back prayer for those who intercede for you. Guidelines for Intercessory Prayer Groups Here are some practical guidelines directed to the prayer group that will help you keep order in your meetings. I recommend you use these or a variation that fits your situation when you form your group. You might want to consider giving a copy of this audiobook to members of your prayer group and make sure they understand each point. 1. Follow the leader. Recognize that the person leading the time of intercession is the one who has the spiritual authority to do so. Do not try to become the leader yourself, even if you think that you know more about it. 2. When you cannot follow the leader. If you have a strong conviction that the prayer leader is missing God's direction, you still must not try to lead yourself. Instead, pray on your own that the leader will have the mind of the Lord. Bind the enemy from bringing confusion and claim the accomplishment of God's will through the time of prayer. 3. Pray with the flow of the meeting. The Holy Spirit will begin to move with certain emphases and moods, such as rejoicing, stillness, or weeping. It is out of order for anyone to express different emotions, to be weeping and travailing, for instance, when the rest of the group is rejoicing. If you feel that God is genuinely leading you into a different flow, excuse yourself quietly and find another place to pray in that manner. 4. Do not break from prayer in order to have a deliverance session. Keep in mind the purpose of your gathering together. It is to pray and stand in the gap. Satan will sometimes try to divert the purposes of God by manifesting through someone in the meeting. If someone does start to disrupt the group, have a designated person take him or her out for ministry in another place so the prayer can continue. If further prayer is needed for the person, it is best to make an appointment for some time other than the appointed prayer time. This will help you keep on track with your purposes for being there. 5. Pray in a positive fashion. This can be accomplished through praying the Word of God. 
Many prayer groups are not much more than gossip sessions with everyone's eyes closed. Do not air other people's dirty laundry. Disclose only what is necessary. 6. Do not use prayer time to prophesy over one another. If you feel that you are receiving a word of a personal nature for someone in the group, share it with him or her after the meeting. If it would be edifying to the group to tell it openly, check with your leader first and have the word judged. There may be occasions when the Lord will have the leader minister to the intercessors in the group as they need uplifting from time to time. But this is not the main purpose of an intercessory prayer group. 7. Be sensitive to the needs of the group as a whole. This can be done in various ways. Do not monopolize the group by praying lengthy prayers. Make your individual prayers concise and to the point. Do not try to pray on a different topic because you have a need. Listen to what the other members are praying and agree with them. Listen to the volume that the group is praying in. If they are praying quietly, do not pray at the top of your lungs and clap your hands. Your verbal clues should come from the prayer leader. If the leader begins to increase in volume, or if the whole group prays more loudly, then you are in order. Be aware of who is attending the prayer group that particular day. Will anything that you say be offensive to them? Are you, for instance, putting down or being critical of another denomination's beliefs? This causes division and breaks unity in prayer. 8. Prefer the needs of others over your own needs. Intercession means standing in the gap for others' needs as well as your own. Be willing to give of yourself for them. Prefer them in love. 9. Guard your heart with all diligence. Be careful to check your heart motives in your prayers. Are you praying out of a critical spirit or a desire for personal vengeance? Are you praying out of a root of bitterness or rejection? Know why you pray the prayers you pray. 10. Do not talk about the leader behind his or her back. If you have a problem with the leader, choose an appropriate time and place, other than the prayer time itself, to discuss it with the leader. You can cause strife and division and become like Absalom if you are not careful. I often listen to the conversations of people who would like to join us in prayer at the ministry. If they share too openly the inner circle problems of the ministry they previously worked or prayed for, I am wary of including them in our prayer group. I have found that anyone who shares others' problems too easily will probably treat us the same way. Guidelines for Leaders There are numerous ways to lead corporate intercession, all of which take a great amount of sensitivity. Here are nuggets concerning leadership I have gleaned through the years that seem to be helpful. Preparation 1. 
Ask the Lord for His focus for the time of intercession. 2. Seek the Lord's will as to how He wants the focus implemented. This might include petition prayers, petitioning God for the needs, proclamation prayers, proclaiming the attributes of the Lord concerning the needs, intercessory praise, prophetic intercession, scripture praying. Ask God to give each of the intercessors a portion of scripture or designate passages yourself and ask them to base their prayers on those passages. 3. Spend time before the Lord personally and make sure you are walking in forgiveness towards those in your prayer group and your church. Ask the Lord to show you any hidden bitterness. 4. Talk to your pastor or ministry leader and ask for any prayer requests or direction. During Prayer What are the responsibilities of the leader during corporate prayer meetings? Many are implemented naturally by those with good leadership abilities. Here are two suggestions for carrying these responsibilities through. First, make sure each prayer request is prayed through until there is a release from the Lord. When you have peace that the matter is resolved, you might ask the intercessors if they have anything else to pray or if they have been given a verse from the Lord about it. Second, keep the momentum of the group moving. There are a number of keys to this. One, discourage one person from being a prayer hog and taking all the prayer time. Listen to these perspectives of two prayer giants. Thomas Aquinas held that frequency, not length, is the important issue in prayer. He felt that frequent, short prayers are of more worth than a few lengthy prayers. Dwight L. Moody advocated short public prayers, though he acknowledged the need for constant prayer in the privacy of one's heart. A man who prays much in private, he said, will make short prayers in public. Moody regarded lengthy public prayers as something akin to religious pretension. Another reason for shorter prayers is that those who are young often do not have the patience to wait for someone who prays lengthy prayers. Their attention wanders. Or they may be so intimidated by someone's lengthy prayer that they will not pray at all. A good leader draws everyone into the time of prayer. 2. Instruct your intercessors to listen for God's direction in prayer with one ear and to the prayers others are praying with the other ear. Being sensitive to both will keep individuals from diverting the general flow of the Spirit's direction. This is a key gleaned from Joy Dawson when she led a prayer watch for us at Urbana 90. 3. Notice if some intercessors have a hearing loss. If so, they need to sit near the prayer leader so they can hear any instructions and also look around when they start to pray to make sure no one else is praying. Of course, it is always good to pray that they be healed as well. Hearing loss of one of our prayer warriors was a problem for us in one of our 24-hour prayer watches some time back. We had one missionary who never stayed with the focus of what the rest of the group was praying. He always prayed for his nation 
regardless of the prayer requests. We finally discerned that he had a hearing loss, and he was counseled about the problem he was causing. After it was brought to his attention, he learned to join with the group. It is also important to ask those with soft voices not to pray with their heads down, because those with hearing loss struggle to hear what is being prayed and often feel left out and resentful. You might ask openly if anyone has a hearing loss so that allowances can be made. 4. Keep the prayer focused. The prayer should stay on one track and not change until the leader switches them. If someone has what I call an SOS, an emergency request, he or she should tell you and ask if it is the time to pray for the need. If you, as the leader, feel it is not the proper time, the person can pray for it silently. As a leader, you may need to remind the group of the prayer focus. I have found that there are some people who will refuse to keep on the prayer target they have been given and will always pray instead for what they feel is important to them. This might be a certain nation, situation, or family member. 5. Bring correction if needed. Try to avoid correction in the group setting, because it might humiliate the person. Meet him or her afterward. There are those who will blatantly refuse to follow your leadership. If you confront them and they will not listen, consult with your pastor or the person in authority over you. Remember to pray first and see if the person will be able to hear the Lord's correction directly from him before you offer correction unless it is something destructive to the group. This will make your job easier. 6. Assess the spiritual maturity of your group. Give verbal clues to those who are in the group as to the special needs of those present. You might say, We are glad to have so-and-so visiting us today. This is the first time she has ever been to a group such as ours. They will understand to be careful and not scare or overwhelm the new person. Instruct your intercessors in private to listen for your verbal clues. Some churches have intercessory groups on two levels. One level might welcome those who are new to prayer and who need instruction in discipleship. The other might welcome more experienced intercessors for whom manifestations of intercessions such as weeping and travail flow more frequently. I have seen new believers run out of groups in fear when the leader did not properly discern the maturity of those present and someone began to travail. If travail should come, and if it is clearly from God, take time to explain what has happened. It might be helpful to have a handout sheet explaining about weeping, travail, laughter, etc. Whether you enter an intercessory group as a leader or member of the team, I think you will be excited to see the power of corporate prayer at work. It might take a little time to get the team running smoothly, but with patience and a heart for prayer, your group will make a sizable impact for the kingdom. I hope that was a blessing for you. Thank you for tuning in to this morning's podcast. And if you are blessed, make sure to go and 
purchase this book. I cannot overemphasize this. Make sure to buy this book. It's available on Amazon and on Audible. Whichever thing you prefer. If you prefer listening, you can go on Audible and pick it up. And if you prefer reading and highlighting and taking notes, then Amazon Kindle is the best place for you to buy it. And uh, thank you once again for being our listener. And uh, if you've been blessed by these podcasts that come to you month after month, make sure to look up Church Talk on iTunes and leave a feedback there. The way that that will help us is that it will spread to more people and more people can be blessed by this and more people can tune in and receive from this uh, month after month and more churches can be equipped and helped by the same. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in. For more details, you can always log on to pastorpriji.com and we will connect more. Have a blessed and a beautiful weekend.